You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. And welcome back to part two of the show. The Scrimmage brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz and Oli Penn Real Estate. Here with Justin Domashevitz. Special guest Braden Dorman and producer Andrew Gross here with you as we are going to kick off the second part of the show with our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. And again, because there's still not really many local sports going on, we are going with the Historical Athlete of the Week. And this is one that uh, people from Monty will definitely know and love. And I've got two Monty guys sitting to my left here. So <laughs> you guys will have plenty of time to jump in on this one. But it is Kyler Pranty. And he was a standout at Montesano. I don't have his high school stats in front of me, but I'm sure they're absolutely absolutely ridiculous. Justin actually covered that team pretty closely. But I wanted to take a look quickly at what he's doing in college um, over at... Montana Western. I almost said Montana State, but it's Montana Western. And so far, so good for Kyler over in the college ranks. So in 2016, he redshirted, and it actually lists a little award. He was a scout player of the week one week for him over there, so he's putting in some work even as a redshirt. And as a redshirt freshman in 2017, he played in 11 games. Rushed for 193 yards on 38 carries and two touchdowns. He caught five passes for 13 yards, recorded 11 tackles, and scored the game-sealing touchdown against Montana Montana Tech. So even as just a redshirt freshman making an impact, in 2018 as a redshirt sophomore, he started all 10 games, carried the ball 146 times uh, for 587 yards and five touchdowns. Caught 15 passes for 175 yards and a touchdown as well. And then last year, as a redshirt junior, he played in 10 games, had 130 carries, 669 yards on the season, recorded 16 receptions for 185 yards, averaged 5.1 yards a carry, averaged 66 yards a game, had three touchdowns, and his longest run in a game was 36 yards. And... Maybe played some special teams. He had two tackles on the year. Maybe he just tackled somebody on interceptions. Not sure there, but they listed that in there as well. But it sounds like he is a big part of their offense, which is always exciting when you see somebody at the next level from Grace Harbor playing at the next level. And then to be a big part of that offense is fun to see as well. Well, I have uh, the the 2015 team. The 2015 football team that Kyler Pranny played on was probably the closest. I worked at the Vidette that year. It was probably the closest I've ever covered any high school football team. And I've said many, many, many times that I think Kyler, uh, with the ball in his hands, may be the most explosive player I've ever covered. Because not only did he have tremendous acceleration and great speed and great quickness, he was also incredibly balanced and strong. One guy almost never brought him down. He was so well balanced and he was so strong and he was so explosive and he was really incredible that year. He also hated attention. So like uh, he would do this thing where he would try to escape from me at the end of games <laughs> or evade me at the end of games because I like to do um, player interviews. That was one big difference between 
working at the Daily World, which is the a, a bigger newspaper that covers more area, and working at the Vidette. I always tried to talk to at least two players after games when I covered for the Vidette, so I talked to Kyler a lot. Um, and I remember one game distinctly. He scored five touchdowns. <laughs> and then after the game was over, I had to, like, weave through a crowd and kind of sneak up on him. But I hid behind some people, <laughs> and I came around from the side. And then as I approached him from the side, he, like, rolled his eyes at me, like, oh, we got to do this again. And then I, I told him, hey, if you don't want to talk to me, you can't go out there and score five touchdowns. <laughs> because if you score five touchdowns, I have to talk to you. Um, but I really, I really liked him. I thought he had a great um, personality. He would uh, be constantly giving, no matter what he did on the field, he was constantly giving credit to the coaches and to his teammates. Um, and of course, as Braden pointed out off air, one of the greatest, if not the greatest play in the history of, of Montesano football with that, uh, I guess, I guess it's a Hail Mary kind of not quite a Hail Mary, but he caught a touchdown pass in a state playoff game that literally won the game with zero seconds on the clock. Yeah, it's called 80 Idaho, one of the special plays they don't want to break out, but if they have to at the end of the game. So that was a pretty awesome play. But, yeah, he's I obviously looked up to him. I was in 7th and 8th grade, really, when he was in his prime at Montesano. And just the craziest runs. He Going down the sidelines, I was like, how is he staying in bounds? The guys are bumping him, and he still finds a way to stay in bounds. Yeah, he did. He was amazing at that. And he would also truck people, hurdle people. He's just one of the best running backs ever in Montesano. And there's no surprise to me that he's having that much success in college. He's just built to be a, a college football player. I think the first time that I noticed, so I've been covering high school games as a broadcaster for a long time. And the first time I noticed Kyler Pranty was when he was playing free safety. And I think he was a sophomore when he was starting at free safety. And I realized like, oh, dang, this kid's really fast, and he seems to have a great instinct for playing the position. And then you, his junior year, I remember he caught, a, I think it was a little skinny post over the middle, and there was two players right next to him. And I was like, oh, that's a nice catch for a first down. And within two steps, he was five yards past those two players. And I was like, oh, okay, this kid has a, a gear and an acceleration that, you don't see every day like it was mm -hmm. that evident he caught the pass two guys literally arm's length right next to him and within two steps he was gone yeah and you're like this is a different kind of athlete yeah and all of the things that you guys have mentioned is things that stick out watching him because you mentioned his balance and Braden was talking about it earlier his plays down the sideline just almost didn't make sense to your brain mm -hmm how he was taking contact and not going down and then would end up scoring 20 yards later, tiptoeing down the sideline somehow. And people would come try to push him out of bounds and he just wouldn't move. And so they'd go flying out of bounds and he'd still be running down the sideline. But yeah, the acceleration and the strength made him a special player. I remember that play and it was an opening round game in 2015 against Cascade Christian. And it was, it started off bad and then it got better and then it got bad again. Like I, I remember <laughs> that the game started off terribly and then Montesano played really well. And I think they even took the lead. And then at the end of the game, they lost the lead again. And so they had a very short amount of time to make up, um, you know, the distance of the field basically. And I wish I still had like all the fact that all the newspaper archives are lost is really bumming me out. Cause like everything I wrote from when I worked at the Vida is all just gone. 
Yeah, so much um, of my work had went through a similar thing too. It's really frustrating. I think it was like a 50 or 60 yard play. Like it was really far. And it was the last play of the game. And Jake Herzog was the quarterback. And he was a very good quarterback, but not known for having the strongest arm. So you knew he wasn't going to be able to throw the ball all the way into the end zone. And I was um, photographing that day because because it was a playoff game and there wasn't much else going on. Um, the newspaper had sent another um, writer to cover the game and I was just taking pictures. And I was standing right out of bounds in the corner of the end zone where he scored the touchdown. And, you know, the seasoned photographer that I was, I just remember there was a point where I watched Herzog through my camera release the ball, and I looked away, and I saw that Pranny was open, and he caught the ball, but there were still a couple defenders between him and the goal line, yeah. and he had to get around him. When he put the Jets on, as soon as I realized he was gonna, he had a good chance to score a touchdown, I was like taking pictures of the sky and the ground, and I was like, <laughs> ah, ah, I totally lost control of my camera, so I got zero pictures no. of him scoring the touchdown. <laughs> But I did get some pictures of his celebration with his teammates after the touchdown that turned out to be good. So <laughs> that's all awesome. 50-50 on that one. Yeah. That was, a huge, I, that was one of probably, quite possibly the most exciting play I've ever been involved in as a media member. Although the state championship game with Monty in 2012 was pretty amazing too. Yeah. That play, I was so upset I didn't get to go to that game. So sometimes during the playoffs – We'll have different things come up, and somebody has to stay back at the station and play commercials. And so I was playing commercials for that game. So I was listening to Ian call that game and just listening to him absolutely freak out and lose his mind on, like like you said, probably the biggest catch in Monty history. And, gosh, you can't you can't find a better way to end a game than that. No time remaining, no time remaining. And as you said, he caught it, but he still had like 15 yards to go with Mm -hmm. a couple of defenders behind him, in front of him to the end zone, and he just ran right around him. Like, and made it look easy because that was his greatest strength, was just the acceleration to go from zero to 60. Were you at that game too? I actually was not at the game. I (sighs) I was on vacation, and I remember exactly where I was. I guess I was, I was on the beach in Hawaii, <laughs> and I, I remember it, the exact moment, and my dad and I were just listening to it, and it was just, we were just going nuts, like, no way that just happened. We yeah. thought they lost, yes. so, and then I eventually saw the video of it, and uh, it was a pretty big deal from yes. Montesano High School. And but, the videos well, are accessible on YouTube if you search it up. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah oh, it's nice. totally on there, and you should, it's a great video. The yeah. whole the whole team's just running onto the field after... Oh. But, like, in general, there's got to be a huddle, like, there has to be a Kyler Pranny football senior high school, like, highlight film. I would love to watch that. I'm sure you can find it on huddle. To relive some of those plays, because, I mean, he was a good defensive player, too, and also, you know, state champion wrestler as well. Yeah. But um, the things he was able to do on offense and as a kick and punt returner in in his senior season were really special. And very unique. And I remember talking to him about what he was going to do next. Because, like I mentioned, he was a great wrestler. Um, And he was just so focused on his senior year, just trying to play football at the next level. And, you know, I had felt like maybe he's a little undersized for, like, a Division I school. But the way that he – his athleticism, his explosiveness, 
there's there's no way you could convince me that this kid can't play at the next level yeah. and play some college football. And speaking of that, I was looking through some of his bio and, and things at Montana Western, and he comes in, and as a freshman, as a redshirt freshman, he was weighing 195. So I think that they didn't have him as his red what his weight was his redshirt year, so just out of high school. But he's gone from 195 to then his sophomore redshirt sophomore year, 205, and then his redshirt junior at 220. So he wow. has put in work in the weight room. He like, was already strong. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. For his size, for sure, he was super strong, especially um, the way that he was able to keep low and keep his lower body strong, for sure. So it, it seems like he is growing into – what should be able to be a, just a, a featured back at that level and be able to take that. And with the speed and quickness and balance of everything, like I hope there gets to be a, another college football season this this yeah. coming season for him because he'll be fun to watch and see what kind of numbers he can put up at Montana Western this next year. And maybe we can do an update and say, hey, he's breaking records at Montana Western or something. Oh, yeah. All right, that's going to do it for the Athlete of the Week. Again, Kyler Pranty. Monty's own, and that is brought to you by Oli Penn Real Estate. There we go. A little bit of a brain fart there. We're going to take a break. The team of realtors at Oli Penn Real Estate wish you and your family good health during this stay home, stay safe time. Their team has health and safety measures in place to protect you and everyone involved in the process. If you're thinking about selling your home, now is a great time. There are more buyers than available homes. Many homes are still receiving multiple offers and are selling for above asking price. Oli Penn Real Estate will help you put the most money possible in your pocket in less time without the hassle. Visit sellmyharborhome.com to get your home market ready. The Oli Penn team is ready to work for you. All right, out of that from the high school athlete of the week or historical athlete of the week or whatever little league athlete of the week, Again, thank you to our sponsors, but now we're getting to some uh, season adjustments that we're talking about in the high school sports season and just massive, massive changes. The one thing I got to say about this WIAA announcement about how they're adjusting the seasons and turning it into four sports seasons is thankfully they're still trying to have the sports seasons happen. And I say that especially because... Braden, you had your entire baseball season wiped out, and I'm just glad that they're still trying to have all of the sports seasons for these next kids so they don't have that happen. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great experience. Like, it, it sucked that we missed out on that last season, but it's still not a great situation for them. I, I, I really feel for the next senior class, but I'm happy that they get an opportunity as of now to play all of the sports that they want to play. Uh, I'd love to see if there's some four-sport athletes. That'd, that'd be pretty cool. I think I would have tried to be one. Maybe <laughs> play a little golf in the fall if they let me. But, uh, yeah, it's two-month seasons. It's going to be quick. They're going to need to be ready to go because there's not going to be much practice, I would assume, and I don't know how the season's going to look necessarily. I don't know if there's going to be a state champion because, I mean, you don't have much time. There is some time designated in that schedule for – WIAA playoffs, but it's a very short period it's, of time. It's like a week. I think, and for football, it's two weeks, yeah. right? So, like, you could maybe have – maybe you won't have a full – I don't know if they've released any of this information. Maybe you won't have a state champion. Maybe you'll have, like, regional, regional champions. Yeah. 
I haven't seen anything released on that yet. Football definitely has the longest season just because they add a week for practice at the beginning and then they add a week for the championships at the end. So it's got an extra two weeks that the other sports don't have. It's really interesting, though. You mentioned the four-sport athletes. You could either play golf or tennis or cross-country in that season one as of now because they're, they're hoping that that'll be able to happen. And then in season two, after this is the interesting thing. So if you haven't seen it, they're starting September 7th tentatively for this season one. And it includes cross country, uh, girls swim and dive. As an indoor sport, they said that they need to confirm with the Department of Health that girls swim will be possible during swim, and wa- during swim season. Uh, they say benchmarks have to happen for any of these to be able to take place. Uh, you also have golf, and it says the alternative season. What that means is on this side of the state, golf is a fall sport. On the eastern side of the state, golf is actually a spring sport. Okay. So it's a little different there. And then tentative, tennis alternative season, and I'm not exactly sure on that because I'm not sure how many teams so have for, tennis. For the alternative thing, I kind of thought of it as another way. I thought it might be like if you're playing a sport, during the, if you're a cross-country athlete but you also play tennis, maybe you do cross-country here and then the other alternative – you do tennis in that other season. So maybe it's it's an alternative so they can do it in dif- different seasons. But that also doesn't make sense because, I mean, schools aren't going to have tennis in two different seasons, I would assume. Yeah. So it's going to be weird for sure. It is going to be really weird. Also, I didn't even know slow-pitch softball was a high school sport, but that's listed there as well. Yeah, what the heck. <laughs> then, so, so that's season one. And that lasts until November 12th is when – or November 18th is when the championships are supposed to end. And then there's a long break from November 19th all the way through January 3rd. There's a big break where – so normally you would have basketball start like right after that. But they're taking a month-long break, almost two-month-long break there. And then season two where you see all your normal winter sports – basketball, bowling, boys swim and dive, gymnastics, cheerleading, wrestling. And that's interesting that they're almost like they're planning in a big break there. And I got to assume that's when they're expecting the whole second wave thing to happen. Yeah, we we talked about this like a month ago or so when some of this little bits of information. And actually, we, we knew that there was a possibility that they were going to go January through June and just shorten the seasons. And we discussed that. Um, on this show, maybe maybe about a month ago, and th- in all that information, they talked a lot about there being a spike towards the end of the year. Um, that in November and possibly December, that they didn't want to be playing sports for that part of the time because that's when experts were projecting there was going to be a spike, um, or could potentially be a spike in the virus. So I would just I can only assume that's the reason for that. And then you look at season three, that's when they're kind of taking all of those normal fall sports and trying to smash them in there. And that's volleyball, girls, soccer, and 1B and 2B boys soccer, which I didn't know that they played at a different time either. Uh, If girls swim and dive can't happen in the fall, then this would happen then. And the big one, football, starts in season three. And not only – this is the other interesting thing. With the extra week on either end for football – a lot of times you see practices for whatever sport it is start during the state tournament. So you as a Monty football player 
you're probably still going to football practice and all of that while basketball practice was starting to get underway. Totally, yeah. So you probably can't go to too many of them or you're trying to do something else to get some practices in so you're ready for the basketball season. The interesting thing is football season starts, like practices start during a week of regular season for that season two. So that's going to be really interesting to see how that works as well. Because you still have regular season games, so you could miss two weeks of football practice. You could, if you're if you're a basketball player and your team goes into whatever type of playoffs they have, you could miss two weeks of football practice before the first game happens. What WIA is trying to do is get as much out of football season as they can because it is the money maker. If we're being honest in the state, it's basketball is right there with them, but football is the money maker, and they want to get games going as soon as possible. So if there's a basketball team that goes all the way to state. They're probably they might miss a game. They're not gonna kick games back. There's no time to do that. So that's probably the reasoning for it. And then a couple other notes for me, I think, is that wrestlers are I'm sure gonna be doing cross country. I've already heard of a couple uh-huh. just gonna get in shape, get in shape. Another note is that usually you'd be going from football being in football shape to basketball shape. So you actually need to kind of get some more conditioning in because it's different for sure. But if you're already in that basketball shape, you're gonna be in some. You're gonna be in pretty good shape for football, so that'll be a, kind of a different thing there. Yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of people have been focusing on the impacts on football. Like, there's all these sports that are happening, and people are going, "Well, how's this gonna impact the football players?" Yeah. <laughs> so I also have heard of a lot of guys saying, "Oh, I'll run cross country in the fall." Um, my son, who's gonna be a freshman this year, was like, "Oh, Dad, I could I could do golf." And I was like, you don't know how to play golf. <laughs> and he was like, well, you could teach me. And I was like, you don't want that. <laughs> you need somebody know who knows golf. what they're doing to teach you. Peyton, no, your dad can't teach you. Just that get out someone who will teach you the right way to play. Okay. Um, there, there's lots of little things about football that would be impacted. I think we'll have to, we have to at least note that there's still a decent chance that none of these sports are actually going to happen. Like, Sadly. Yeah. I, I know that the WIAA has been a punching bag for a lot of people, including us, uh, on a lot of issues. I really sincerely appreciate the way that they're approaching this. They're doing, they did it in the spring, too, with spring sports. Like, they're waiting. They're trying everything they can. If they're, gonna, if they're allowed to do it, then they're going to play. They're not panicking early and going, nope, we're not doing anything. Like, they're waiting and trying to make things happen. Um, and I, I do appreciate that, but there's a few things with football specifically, like, um, how does it affect if you're playing in the spring, how does it affect, you know, going into the next season? Cause your time frame is totally different. Usually you have summer practices and spring camps, um, and that kind of stuff. Now, like baseball players are going to miss the beginning of their baseball season. Also with football, the helmets have to be reconditioned every year. So they have to send helmets in, and if the time frame is that much smaller and everybody's trying to do it at the same time, if they plan to play football again in the fall the next season, it might be not enough time for them to be able to get um, you know, the helmets reconditioned. And then there's little stuff like how does it affect the cheerleading squads and the bands and all that stuff. Um, there's a lot of little things that are going to have to be worked out for these sports if they can happen. But I personally appreciate the approach that the WIAA has taken to this 
we're not going to cancel unless we have to. And we're not going to panic early. We're going to wait and see what we can do. Yeah, and, and that's what I said at, to, to start this. I'm glad that they're trying to get something yeah. done. The interesting thing, another interesting thing to me is uh, season four. So, Braden, you mentioned there could be some four-sport athletes. You could see four-sport letters. Some other states in, in this country have four seasons. Mm-hmm. And I always was like... like summer season. Yeah, how do you do that? And so they play into like... Their playoffs would be like going into a week or two of July. Maybe not that long, but they they use the summer as part of that last season. And I think, interestingly, with baseball not starting till April, the end of April, this might be the most baseball teams around here could be outside to start the year in a long time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because normally, let's be honest... In March, it's pouring down rain half mm-hmm. the time, and you're stuck in a gym taking ground balls, and it can be miserable. So I'm wondering if extending season four into late June, you know, that's what that's got to be after graduation for some kids. I that's, think baseball and softball is a sport that can deal with a shortened season just because they can pitch different people. They can play if they need to five days a week. So. There's different sports. It's going to affect it different ways. You can't play football twice a week, really. I mean, a varsity. I, I guess you could, but it, it, it wouldn't be to play good. it once a week. Not with that <laughs> yeah. attitude. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> Track and field. I mean, you can also do it with that. Like the spring sports. Not only do you have the summer to work with if needed. Yeah. But you're right. There, there are sports that you can you can kind of squash things in on. Well, we were talking about that actually, Braden, with your potential senior season of baseball when the season kept shortening and shortening and shortening, and it was like, well, you can play five games a week if you want to. Like, And I was saying, you can play in the summer. Yeah. like, Yeah, I would have been fine with it. Yeah. I think the, the kids who play the sports would be fine with anything to get on the field. Absolutely. So that's those are the four seasons. Not the hotel. That's the, what the <laughs> WIA is coming up with. And it's going to be weird. Uh, this is the first time in a long time that I won't be on the radio broadcasting football games in the fall. Right now, we, yeah. we're we just hoping to start with basketball in in the winter and then see what happens. Spring football might feel weird. Oh, it's going to feel so weird. Are you kidding me? You're going to have, like, all of my baseball juices are going to start flowing. You know, people mowing their lawn like the first time in the Watching spring. Watching the Mariners. Watching the Mariners, hopefully. Everything's going to be like, oh, it feels like baseball season. And then I'm going to go to a football game and see people putting on the pads and the helmets and getting to go. And I'm just going to, this It's going to feel very weird. But it'll probably still be raining, so it'll still kind of feel like <laughs> a football, football season. Sean O'Neill, as you guys know, he, he texted a group of us. He's like, what does the WIA expect me to do on my fall Friday night? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm with him there, but uh, anything's better than nothing. So I'm, I'm glad that they made the effort to get the sports in. And it'll be an interesting experience. Absolutely. And that brings us to a completely new, weird, bizarre thing to people who live in Washington, and that's NHL hockey. Like, I already have a, I have a favorite team now. I didn't know what their name was before this week, but now I Seattle Kraken, they are my favorite team, and I'm so excited. And really, I'm excited about the name, I'm excited about the logo, and I'm excited about the jersey. Like, I am happy about all of them. 
which I was terrified about because let's just say most recently with the XFL, the Dragons, the logo did not get me too excited. I hated it. The, the jerseys weren't great either. The jerseys weren't great. It was bad. So not going to lie, I was really worried when they said this announcement was coming that it was just going to be terrible. And instead, I am super excited. I love all of it. I want a shirt. I Yeah, I want a sweater. Can't wait. Oh, you're going all in with the sweater. <laughs> I can't believe you even said the word sweater. It's like 80 degrees and I'm roasting in here. <laughs> it's, it's probably hotter, actually, right now. We're all dripping with sweat. Braden, what what are your first what was your initial thought when you heard name and saw the logo? The Kraken, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll be the Kraken, I guess. I I was slightly skeptical about the Kraken, but I can I can I'm on, I'm on, I'm on board for it, I guess. But I as you said, I'm I'm really like the logo, I like the colors, I like the jersey. And it's exciting for Seattle to get another sport. I hope they can combine it with an NBA team soon. Yes. Please. We'll take the Timberwolves. <laughs> I, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, maybe. I don't know. I'm not the only person who's admitted it. I didn't 100% know what a kraken was. I had to look it up. I knew it was some kind of a mythological sea creature. Turns out it's like a giant, devastating monster squid. Yes. Um, I am... You could have just called them the monster squid. I'm 50-50 <laughs> on the team name. But I don't have a better suggestion, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hammer it. I don't love it, but I also don't hate it. I really like the color scheme and the jersey look cool. I absolutely love the logo because I hate it when logos get extremely busy or cartoony. And I think they did a good job making it look clean and slightly menacing. Yeah. I, I think they did a great job with the logo, personally. Absolutely. The thing that I like about the name is, I mean, you could find better names. And I guess I would have liked something that was, like, hyper-local. That might be where I would have leaned more, like, something that is just so Pacific Northwest. But you start like getting... trees. But I, you, the yeah, evergreens. The you start getting into those, <laughs> and not the evergreens. There's the evergreens salmon. Of, well, the sockeye was well, one the sockeye. I heard suggested. Yeah, sockeye, chinook, stuff like that. But then you start thinking about it, and you're like, huh. <laughs> the, the the sockeye they're like, tasty they're tasty yeah <laughs> like that's not menacing like salmon just get eaten by everything else like mm -hmm. that's where they are in the food chain and then also my buddy Kyle at the radio station was like yeah sockeye might not be great for a team that plays hockey you know with people getting punched in the face <laughs> all the time and I thought that was also a good point so another thing I thought of was Sasquatch but Everybody claims that they have Bigfoots and Sasquatch all over, so that's not really hyper-local. So then... That's pretty... Nor uh, that's a big Pacific Northwest thing, It is a thing, big Pacific Northwest thing, but with all the, like, the Bigfoot hunters, they're all looking all over the country, and I'm like, you're looking in the wrong spot. We all know that it's in the Olympic National Park. <laughs> like, that's where he lives. Um, Wait, you're saying there's only one Sasquatch? Just the one, yeah. Him and his family? I don't know what's going on. But I know that there's, <laughs> there's places that I would ask... Is he immortal? I don't know. I've like, been around for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> there's got to be more than one Sasquatch. You're you're right. There's probably more than one. Okay, I, I'll thank go you with... for admitting that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but the Kraken is at least something that's like super intense. Probably like if you ever do a mascot bracket in the NCAA, where you're like, yeah, who would win in the fight between these two mascots? The Kraken would be way up there. It is a menacing mascot 
that you can get excited about. Like, it sounds, it's a cool thing. Can you not do cougars since it's already taken by Wazoo? Well, that was the other thing. I didn't oh. want something generic. Like, but that's like, like the I, scariest I, thing I, here. That's true. Is a cougar. That would have gotten some Husky fans very angry. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Yeah. The <laughs> I, I they could have gone crimson and, and uh, what is it, crimson and gray? Yeah. Oof, that, that they would have lost some fans. Amazing. I would have liked it, but that would have been awesome. <laughs> but again, you, that's the other thing is I, it got me thinking about like some of the other Seattle team names, like the Mariners. Yeah, that's all, right. that's all right. Like, that's okay. And then I was like, the Supersonics. Like, what if it, what is a Supersonic? So we did some digging at the radio station, and it's basically named after, like, the Boeing yeah. project that they're yeah. about, like, going supersonic. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird, but it it's kind of cool. And then I thought about it, and I was like, take all of the history and everything away from it. If there was no Seahawks before, if somebody was like, we're going to name them the Seahawks. That's kind of a stupid name, like, out of nowhere. Like, if I didn't have all the history with the Seahawks, I'm, what's a Seahawk? There isn't a, such as a thing as a Seahawk. You took the name Sea and you put it with a hawk. and It's it, an osprey. It's Yeah, that's what people have said. It's also uh, the mythical bird, but it is... I think is, you just made that up. No, it's... It's, it's what? Ty, it's Indian... What? It's... <laughs> Andrew's making crap up. I've looked this up before. I've never seen anything really? about the mythical bird. Everybody's like, oh, it's kind of like an osprey. No, it's not kind of like an osprey. Another name for osprey is seahawk. Yeah, but it's two words. Yes. Because it is a seahawk. There is not a seahawk. <laughs> it is not one word. It is a hawk that is around the, the sea. <laughs> the reason that they the reason that they use the logo that they use, which is heavily derived from Native American uh, art is because the Seahawk is a reference to the Native American mythical bird. Okay. Well, that must be deep on the searches. Because I think you're full of crap. I look up Seahawk and all I see is Osprey stuff and Seattle Seahawks stuff. But I will take your word for it because generally when we disagree with Andrew, he's usually right. Do you think this? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Do you think the Seattle hockey team's uh, PR uh, guys n- knew or realized beforehand that people were immediately going to call the fan base crackheads and the stadium crack house? I think because that, that joke came up right away, right real away. quick, and I feel yeah. like they should have seen it coming. <laughs> I and it's not going to go away. I don't see it. No. no, I think they did see it coming, but honestly, it's not that hard to lean into. Like, I don't, I, I feel like the people that are like, oh, terrible name. Now you're all just the crackheads. I feel like, like, so? It's a, it's a catchy name. I saw a tweet saying, just talking trash about the crack and saying it's the new worst name in major sports or something. And then somebody said, there's literally two teams in the MLB named after socks. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, why has nobody said that? Like, why are they the Red Sox and the White Sox? And they don't even spell it right. That's such a menacing name. What are the worst team names in professional sports? Oh, the Sox got to be up there. Uh, Yeah. I'm going through them in my head now. Pelicans. I don't like Pelicans. Pelicans is weird. I I know that it was New New Orleans, and it fits with the culture there, but especially that they're not there now. It's just a terrible, terrible name. 
It's a type of music. You named your team after a type of music. What about teams that are named after a color? Oh, those that's, are the worst. Like the cardinal. Orange. Or, cardinal. Or cardinal. <laughs> it's or terrible. Are the reds named after a color? I guess, yeah. I think, I think it's something else, but I couldn't tell you what it is. Uh, Seriously. There's, there's something that's... Uh, so so the Washington football team is also pretty high up there on terrible names. Yeah, that's a good point. There's a new one, the Washington football team. There's Gosh, some cool names. Out there. The WT, oh, sure. I mean the WFT. Devil Rays <laughs> is a cool name. Yeah, but it's they're but not now the Devil it's Rays. Rays. That's still cool. Rays is still cool. Yeah, I like Rays, Rays is pretty cool. Definitely um, in Florida, it's just cool. And then you get into like hawker, ho- hawker, hawker, <laughs> hockey and W or <laughs> soccer. And WNBA team names, and you're just confused. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on with those. And I thought, like, sharks are one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't want a team that's named the Sharks. No, like, you'd, it'd want have to be, sp- you'd want a specific thing. Hammer the Hammerheads or the yeah. Makos or something like that. But that doesn't fit Northwest, so. Yeah. Although there are sharks. Here. Oh, yes, there are sharks. Don't get me started. There are sharks. <laughs> well, okay. So here's a funny story from my, uh, we won't call it a vacation. We'll call it my lack of dedication. So here's a good story from my lack of dedication. We were at, um, we were in Ocean Shores for a couple of days and we're looking at, you know, this, we're looking at the bay and then all the water that like extends out into the ocean. And they were, my family was talking about how there's probably basically no sharks in there. And I'm like, you're wrong. You're just wrong. First of all, there's tons of different kinds of sharks. They survive in all kinds of different climates, so they're not not here just because the water is cold. And so my wife was like, okay, well, how much, how many sharks do you think are out there? And I was like, I mean, it's hard to put a number on it, but if I'm look, all the water that I can see, it's like a lot of in water in the bay and extending, <laughs> it is, it would be impossible for there to be less than a hundred sharks there. Like, there's there's more sharks out there than you can possibly imagine. Ah, I almost wet myself just thinking that. And I then my kids didn't want to go in the water. It was so weird. <laughs> That's just because it's freezing cold. Oh man, our fear of sharks is a little irrational. Just yeah, it's slightly slight. I'm gonna say slightly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the mailbag. <laughs> Do we have anything we really want to go here? The mailbag. Just... Oh, yes, the mailbag. Send us your stuff in a mailbag. Because right now I'm just seeing a bunch of crappy Justin questions. <laughs> what do you, you mean did, crappy you Justin? You delete those after I last week. I sparked some incredible conversation <laughs> for you guys in the last podcast. <laughs> you don't want to do some of these? <laughs> All right, Braden. Would you rather be a dragon or own a dragon? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see the problem. Be a dragon or own a dragon? Oof. <laughs> I, I have an obvious answer to this. I'm going to go own a dragon. That, yes. That likes me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's the part of it. Like, you can own a dragon, but what if the dragon isn't, like, your buddy? What if he's, like, your captive? That wouldn't be fun. Well, you could be a dragon. What, what if dragons are really dumb and you have no cognitive thought at all? They're not, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in real life, dragons are super smart. <laughs> yeah, real life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about this one? Would you rather not be able to brush your teeth for a year or not be able to brush your hair for a year? This isn't... This, who, who brushes, brushes their, hair? their hair? Yeah, it's got to be the teeth. <laughs> yeah. I thought of all of us that Daniel would care the most about his hair. <laughs> I never... That's probably true. 
uh, because I'm incredibly vain, but I don't brush my hair. I use a blow dryer. <laughs> By the way, I listened to last week's podcast, and I thought your story about having yellow jackets inside your pants yeah. was the highlight of the whole show. <laughs> I was brutal. <laughs> Um, yeah, my sister, again, not very worrying about me. She ran in the bathroom, locked the door, and put a towel under it so I, bees couldn't get after her. Um, would you, um, would you rather be a part of a zombie apocalypse or an alien invasion? That's easy. Alien invasion. I'm not sure about Sci-fi this Sci-fi is way better than horror. Well, you're not watching it. You're a part of it. Exactly. Yeah, it's still way better than horror. Braden, what do you think? I might go zombie. Just I think it might be more expected. We might know what we're doing a little bit more. Yes. Alien invasion could go who knows where, you know? I mean, there's tons of TV series that have laid out what you do in a zombie apocalypse exactly. very well. <laughs> yeah, and we live in a rural area. We have a much better shot at this oh, thing. Yeah, I know people with lots of guns. I'm just saying. <laughs> lots of guns. I know people who still have their stashes of food from Y2K, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely still good. Is that real? Do you really know that? Do you really it's know? It's his parents. <laughs> there's not much left from it now, but I'm pretty sure there's probably a can of beans in there from like 98. Okay, so. well, let's save some of the would you rathers for next week for conversation starters, obviously. Okay, do you have anything else? I have then? one question that I think is interesting, and I, did, I don't know if we did this one yet or not, but it's from The Godfather. Yeah. We have not done it. We okay. saved it for you. Okay. Many college athletic departments are in a budget crisis. Seems like there is a lot of pressure to have football season to save Olympic sports. What are your thoughts on that? Whew. I mean... It's a broad topic. It is. And they are definitely in a budget crisis. Like, almost every day I see updates on NCAA sports having budget crisis and athletic departments having budget crisis. And, yeah, football pretty much pays for everything college sports related. You have basketball with the NCAA tournament, but even outside of that, it's nothing close to the college football season. And let's face it, Olympic sports are great, but they don't tend to draw big crowds or big money. So, Actually, I, most sports don't because it's not like baseball in college is doing much yeah. either. Fast pitch. or It's not just the Olympic sports. It's all of the other sports, I would think. I I think that this is there was a lot of of issues that were kind of building in college football especially but college football and basketball um around whether like are they professional sports are they professional sports that are pretending not to be professional sports there's so much money and the players are not getting paid or they're getting paid and they should be happy with their you know there that whole issue has been like growing over the past few years and it really seems to me that this this whole this whole year has been sort of bringing all of that and like forcing like forcing some sort of conclusion out of it because at this point there's there's schools that are having to make the decision about whether they're going to treat professional, whether they're going to treat football like a professional sport and require their players to come to school, even though there is no school and stuff like that. Or, or if they're going to actually have to be like, well, they're student athletes and we're not having classes. So we can't have the, 
the same sport that we've had because there's a lot of of colleges that are either entirely cutting out in-person classes this next year or are are cutting back on them really heavily um so i think it's i don't it's going to be really rough honestly for athletes if you're i really feel for college athletes right now and 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 through the next few years because I don't see I don't expect the college athletic uh arena to look the same coming out of of the the covid period of whatever like however long it affects heavily affects what's going on uh it, it's I've been hearing a lot of I, I feel like there's been a lot of discussion about that about it on national stuff and it's it's really hard to say what's going to happen over, over the next several years. Yep, I think college sports are they're not looking like they're in a great spot right now, which stinks because I would much rather watch college basketball than the NBA. That's just me. Yes. Yeah. Uh college football's pretty much up there with the NFL. I mean, I I love the NFL, but college football's awesome to watch too. But there's guys that are skipping college basketball to go to the NBA. There's college football players that are asking for money, begging for money, transferring. There's just a lot of things going on that it's not looking too great, which stinks because college, the college brand is fun and exciting. Yeah, the landscape of college sports is going to be different in, on all levels. I mean, even if, if college football plays in the spring, a lot of the guys who are like the top-level players are probably not just going to – they're just going to not play. Yeah. Because they're, they're already known – you know, a lot of them are already known who they are. They're not helping themselves. They're just risking injury really close to when there could be another uh, NFL season. But the Olympic level sport or the Olympic sports, I guess the concern is that, and I know they're they're being cut all over the place. I think Stanford cut a buttload of um, college programs within the last couple of weeks, mm. like half or more than half wow. of the of the sports that they had playing. The concern is like. With Olympic sports, will the U.S. still be competitive in the Olympics if there's nothing for kids to do in these sports after high school? And I, I don't think that's really a concern um, because I don't know. There's going to be other ways for them to compete and train that they're not dependent on college. Um, and also, like, in a lot of these lower-level sports, a lot of the kids are paying most of their college anyway. Like, if you get a scholarship for a sport that's not football or, you know, basketball, you're paying at least half your tuition. Yeah. So if these kids want to go to school, they can still go to school. If they don't want to go to school, they can find other way. If and they're good enough, they can find other ways to train. You know, to become Olympic athletes. I don't really sweat whether or not college sports are going to exist at a lower level on a large scale. I'm not really overly concerned about it. But I know that some coaches in high school, like our wrestling program, is going to get cut. I have a a Facebook friend who's a wrestling coach and has been a wrestling coach for a long time. And he was saying, basically, I'm concerned that kids aren't going to want to wrestle anymore because there's no wrestling anymore after high school. So mm. are they going to play different sports instead so that they'd have a chance to get a scholarship and go somewhere to school? So there's a lot of different issues with it. I would say overall, it's just going to be what it is. And it's probably at least a slightly moral gray area for the the high paying sports to carry all the other sports anyway, because, yeah. you know, we get into the, are these kids professionals or are they amateurs? So 
I think if college sports is scaled down as a whole, it'll kind of stink because, I mean, I'll still watch college basketball. It'll kind of stink because you won't have the same level of grandeur with football and basketball. But they'll still just be amateur sports that are just a bridge to the next level. So I'm not really terribly concerned about it personally. And that's interesting, too, because I didn't think of wrestling kind of with that. Yeah. But Grace Harbor College has a crazy good wrestling program. And you would wonder if as many kids would want to get into it. Well, if you're paying. If there's not another step that they're trying to make. Right. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but you're, like, I paused. If kids are paying most of their way to school anyway, schools might still offer those programs as a way to get students to come to their school. That's true. So things like that may still exist. All right. That's going to do it for the show today. So for my co-host, my lack of dedication, Justin Domashevitz. <laughs> and my co-host, Daniel, the baseball nerd, Hargrove. And our producer, Andrew. Now they're just the crackheads. <laughs> Why didn't you do the Braden nickname? You're making me do the Braden nickname. I am making you do <laughs> the Braden nickname. And our guest co-host, Braden, gets triggered driving through Central Park. <laughs> Dorman. Oh. Deer Park Drive, people. <laughs> oh. oh, you've been listening to The Scrimmage. <laughs>